The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. Welcome into the EP Podcast. My name is Chris Lanuti. Belly on up to my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement here in Evergreen Park. Pour yourself a cold one. My co-host Hannah's sitting here. John Brand from Open Outcry. We're also going to hear from Nikki Seidel from the Evergreen Park Public Library and my Hollywood insider Ben Belton. This show is packed. 30 minutes of good, just like we bring you each and every week on demand starting on Monday mornings anywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com and we're brought to you proudly by the first national bank of evergreen park during these uncertain times the right resources and a strong support system can make the difference the first national bank of evergreen park is here for you personalized service great offers plus they provide the steady reliable support of the entire wind trust community bank family And now when you open a total access checking account, you get a $300 bonus just for being an EP podcast listener. That's right. Visit bankevergreenpark.com slash EP pod to open an account today. It's $100 required to open, requirements to qualify, must use that link to apply, member FDIC. Going to be a fun show. Strap in and let's go. It is now time for your EP Word on the Street. Brought to you by Westgate Music School at 6527 West 127th Street. You name the instrument, they'll teach you how to play it. They can do it in person or online. For more details, call 708-586-7002 or visit westgatemusicschool.com. Things are opening up at the community center, summer day camps, dance camps, youth soccer. And actually right now, Youth Soccer is open, ages 4 to 14, that's through the 8th grade, and registration goes all the way through the month of July. $75 for a resident, $85 for non-resident. If an adult coaches, you get one kid for free. Give a call to the rec department or go to evergreenpark-ill.com, the village website, for more details. The Evergreen Park Police Department is now warning about some ruse burglaries elderly residents being the targets of these ruses in general and what they're trying to do is pretend they're with the public works department or some kind of repair person look out for men generally in their 30s to 50s wearing yellow construction type vests or uniforms and remember the evergreen park public works employees always schedule an appointment via telephone before they show up at your door so if somebody shows up saying they're with the ep They're likely lying. Call the police. That's your EP word on the street, and the EP podcast rolls on. Nikki Seidel from the Evergreen Park Library, John Brand, and Hollywood insider Ben Belton all up ahead right here on the EP podcast. Could be. So let me find so happy to 
together. Dun, dun. I can see me loving nobody but you for all my life. When you're with me, baby, the skies will be blue for all my life. That's the Evergreen Park High School unaccompanied minors. Last time they were in the studio. Joining me on the phone line right now, I haven't talked to her in a long time. It's great to hear her voice again. Nikki Seidel from the Evergreen Park Public Library. Nikki, how are you? I'm good, Chris. Thank you for having me on. It's good to talk to you. So what's going on over there? Because I call you up and it says that you got curbside service at the library. And I thought curbside was only for like restaurants. I I imagine you coming out with the the same way my restaurant puts my food in the back of my car. How does this work? And when did you guys start doing it? Well, we started to do it on June 1st. So as soon as we heard the governor say that um, non-essential retail could uh, perform curbside, then we figured, okay, so people can put what, a candle in your trunk or whatever, they could put a book in your trunk. We could put a book in your trunk, right? So um, patrons can request materials from us, any material that's on our shelf. So right now, you can't get materials from other libraries yet. So it has to be on shelf at Evergreen Park Library. And then there's three ways to do it. They can either call us, they can email orders at Evergreen Park Library, or they can go onto the SWAN catalog that they can access through the library website and request materials through the catalog, and we fill that hold. So once we have it pulled from the shelf, we bag it up just like you do your restaurant meals. The person comes to the library, they call us, and then we come out, they pop their trunk, and we put the materials that are in a bag in their trunk. And then if they want uh, to print something, They can print from their home computer to the library's printer and pick the print job up curbside too. And right now, um, what we're doing is allowing people to print a dollar for free, which is usually 10 black and white pages. We're doing those two things curbside. Then starting June 1st, we were allowing people to make appointments to use the computer the photocopier, the scanner, or the fax from inside the library. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's three ways they can do that, too. They can email us, they can call us, or they can make an appointment online through the library website. A lot of times people just come to the door and the number's on the door, so they'll call and say, hey, is their computer available? And, And if there is, we just let them in. You know, I'm looking at the library website right now, evergreenparklibrary.org, and I see I see it right here. It's actually very simple, like where you can you can sign up and everything, and, and it looks like you have so many things that you're still doing. Like it's not like a like a blank page. I mean, the thing is still very very active, and all that stuff fell in your lap. You know, nobody asked somebody like you what it was like. We're always asking business owners, like, how did you adjust to this thing? What was it like through the last couple of months? Like trying to figure out, like, what can I do? What should I do? Because, you know, I I feel like I should be doing something, but I I can't do everything I want to. Well, like anybody, right, everything moved online. So um, I really credit our children's librarian, uh, Laura Meyer, because within a week she was doing um, Facebook story time. So she was doing story times on Facebook like a week after we closed. And then we gradually added other 
library programs. So like many, it's everything's by Zoom, by Facebook Live, something that we video and then put on our Facebook page. So we've had a pretty robust schedule of programs even though we're not we're not letting people into the building yet. Um and it's like, you know, our summer reading program is totally virtual. People go to evergreenparklibrary.beanstack.org, and they can sign up for the summer reading program. And it works just like it would work if we had it on paper, but they just log their all of their reading online. It's a little bit complicated because you can't come into the library and browse yet, but that's coming on July 6th. Like any business, we had to figure out how to provide services without having the building, right? And let's face it, people rely heavily on our library as a building. So um, what we did was boost the Wi-Fi so that people could use it from the parking lot, right? We lend out mobile hotspots. We had to figure out pretty much how we could provide every service that we could without opening the library doors. So it was it was a challenge. That's incredible, too. The, when you touch on the fact that you're like, we have people that rely on the actual building, so we increase the Wi-Fi and provide the mobile hotspots. I mean, you could have very easily. I mean, I'm sure there were maybe libraries or other institutions that weren't exactly a business that could sit there and say, you yeah, know, we can't do anything and threw up their hands. And you, you guys went right to work on this thing. That's astounding to me. I didn't even know until you said that, that you did it. That's really, I mean, like, think about that. Like the understanding that you're such a part of the community, that there are people that rely on you and saying, we've got to find a way to help these people instead of just putting up a, a closed sign and saying, it's not our fault pandemic happened, you know, which you, you could have done. And I don't think anybody would have been, I don't think there would have been an article in the newspaper, like library leaves everybody hanging. Like nobody would have noticed that. Like everybody would have just excused you. And you guys still went ahead and did all this stuff, which I think is incredible and a credit to you and everybody else that's over there at the library. Everybody who works at the library and the library board too, because there were um, there were governing things that had to be put into place in order for us to provide those services. Are are you nervous when you're handing out the books? Because I was I was I was thinking about that. Like I know some people that are very nervous whenever they touch anything, mm-hmm. right? So they're wiping down things. Are you worried somebody's going to ruin a book because they're sitting there and they're wiping the pages or wiping the covers down, even though you gave it to them? We're actually doing that ourselves. So um, there's been, uh, in March, the CDC and the um, Institute for Museums and Library Services released a report that said that um, the virus seems to um, exist for 24 hours on paper, 72 hours on everything else, like, you know, a book cover or a DVD case or something like that, right? So what we did was when people return materials, we quarantine those for 72 hours. Then we wipe them with antiseptic wipes. Then it goes on a cart until somebody returns it to the shelf. So we have a whole rotation, right? So every 72 hours, another bin is opened and those books are, or materials are wiped down to return to the shelf. Then when we put it in the bag, there's a notice that tells people, this is where we got this information. Time is the best disinfectant if you want. This is the last time we touched the, the items in this bag. If you want quarantine it for 72 hours and then open the bag and 
and take out your materials. It's up to the individual once they get the stuff in their house, of course, what they want to do. But that's that's just how we've been proceeding. That's actually a really good idea. And again, I mean, like I, I should have had you on halfway through this because the ideas that you guys <laughs> came up with are probably better than half of them that I've heard throughout the entire pandemic. You're, you're killing it over there, Nikki. You're doing a great job. <laughs> All right. <so laughs> it's, a, it's a group effort. That's for sure. Well, the good news is you can still do so much with the curbside and going online. And I know Nikki gave out that other address. I want to let you know if you want to be part of the summer reading program, not only can you go to the address of evergreenparklibrary.beanstack.org, but uh, there's actually a link right there on the Evergreen Park Library Mm -hmm. main website. So it's very easy to go find if you didn't know about it. Go check out the website because until I thought to myself, wow, I wonder what's going on over at the library. And then I called Nikki and then I jumped on the website. I just didn't, I didn't realize the scope of what the library was operating at. And like I said, absolutely amazing, Nikki. Uh, Super cool that you guys are doing all the things that you're doing over there and that you're supporting the community. And I appreciate you jumping on as always. And I I look forward to eventually uh, one day sitting around and talking about this with you at one of the events when life gets back to normal and we we can all just kind of hang out and be normal again. I know. My my goal, we'll know this is over when we have another sip and sample. Yes. <laughs> and, and we're all back together again, celebrating as a community. I can't wait for that day. And Chris, thank you so much for your support of the library. You're one of our biggest fans, and it's always such a pleasure talking to you. A pitcher of beer, a pitcher of beer, let's order another pitcher of beer. That pitcher of beer should come over John Brand's hanging out here at the bar with us. How are you, John? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So John John brought us beer, which is awesome. And uh, he also is over at Open Outcry Brewing. We've talked to him a bunch of times, and we haven't been able to get him down to the bar. So this is the first time he has made it to the nine-foot homemade oak bar, which I'm very excited about. And welcome. It, thanks for having me. This, this reminds me of every basement bar i've been in <laughs> in my entire life all my uncles all my friends we got the white we got the white Sox baseball cards lying in the bar we got uh we got the uh the budweiser neon signs we got the white Sox pennants this this is uh i'm, I'm at home I yeah good. yeah that's pretty much what it is we got the old picture i i got the old picture of my father who's still alive but everybody always sees it and goes well he must have been dead because we put him over the bar <laughs> But he's probably listening right now. But yeah, he sits over the thing. Yeah, so and we all raise a glass got the to ne- that. Yeah, got the neon signs and everything. You know, it's also it's an it's an homage to me, John. Yes. Uh, if you look around, there's <laughs> all kinds of radio memorabilia and things that I stole from uh, from different events or, or borrowed or was given. Like I have the Miller Lite boxing gloves. That's from yeah. when I I I, I emceed a UFC event one time because our announcer came down with laryngitis and they called the radio station and said, "Do you have anybody who can talk?" And they like, and they told me to get a tux, and I went out there and did a UFC event. Well, you're clearly a Bobby Jenks and Carlton Fisk fan too, because I'm mm-hmm. seeing a lot of those. Oh no, that's Kittle up there in the corner. That's Kittle. That, oh yeah, that's Kitty. Oh yeah, that's Kitty. But yeah, definitely a Bobby Jenks. I just love oh, that yeah. picture. That's I mean, that's when he wins game one. That's right. You know, yep. and he walks off the mound, and that's that's one of my favorite ones. I, I that that's a great. I was at that game. That's a great moment. And I remember in that game, I was just talking about the other day with my dad because you know everybody's missed baseball, and thank God it's coming back. But we were just talking about this the other day, me and him. And we were talking about that game one that we were at. You, and, went, with, you went with your father? Oh, I went with my dad. How'd you get tickets? Uh, he was a police commander. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know how, how the world works. I mean, he paid for them, but he was given the option by the White Sox. Do you want to pay for these? Do you want to buy the these tickets? They were on the lower deck uh, down the third base line, maybe about two sections past third base, about okay. midway up. So they were really good seats, too. 
So, yeah, I mean, sometimes you get a perk. Yep. I mean, he still paid for him. He didn't like, you know, break any rules, but the, he always ran the traffic around the ballpark. That was his job. So he, he was the guy that was in charge of loop traffic and then all the different events and stuff like that. And he did that for like 10 years. And they knew he was a big White Sox fan. He was getting close to his retirement. Somebody from the White Sox called him up and said, hey, do you want to buy some tickets? So he had a ticket to every game of that playoffs sitting okay. in those seats. But he kept thinking there's no way we can sweep the World Series. So we actually sold game two <gasps> with the Pesednik walk-off because we wanted to make sure we could pay for the seats. And we're like, oh, they're going to win in game six or seven and we're going to go. And then I, so I missed that. I had to watch that at home. That Pesednik walk-off, <laughs> that was the left, left center, right? Yeah. No, no right center. Right, right center. center. Uh, Canerco was out and left. And the, and, and the thing that we remember most about that game is you got Jeff Bagwell coming up with men on in the eighth. And Bobby Jenks is coming in. And my father was so nervous. We had an aisle seat. He runs up the steps and goes and hides behind the concrete pillar like he's like he's watching a horror movie. And I'm looking at him like, what is he doing up there? And the first pitch, Bagwell can't get around on it. It's like a high pitch, fastball. Jenks hits 101. I mean, he could yep. really toss it yep. that first year he was up. Yep. And my father comes running down and like hits me like real quick in the arm. And I'm like, I look at him. He goes, he can't touch him. He can't touch him. And then he runs back up the stairs and he hid behind the pole. For that out and the final three outs, he stood up there and hid behind a post like he was watching Aliens for the first time, and he was freaked out by the, by it, you know, or, or, or like something with killer clowns. The man was nervous when the whole thing happened, you know, and and now, you know, now he's he's gotten his World Series. He's happy. He's not worried about anything else. Is that ticket stub hanging in here? Somewhere? I don't have my ticket stub in here. I have it. I have it packed away, and I've never gotten it framed. But I have all my ticket stubs. I have to. I have to do that. Thanks for reminding me of something yeah. I got to do now. I got to write that down on my list. I want to drink some beer. Let's do okay, it. let's let's do let's drink some beer. So a, I, I believe that's Evil Horse on your tasting glass They're behind your arm there. I gave you two tasting oh, glasses you. in case you decide you want to use them for tastings. I also gave you a regular size glass, but I gave you another Dixie Highway Brewery Trail because I didn't have one yet for Open Outcry. So I, I'll have to I'll have to go and look on the online store. But I gave you one of those. I've got mine over here. I get mine is from uh, Boulevard Brewing out in Kansas City and. Hannah's got, got tasting Holland. glasses from New Holland, so like we're we're very beer snobby here today. You are, and I'm sorry, you know, I completely <laughs> forgot to bring a sample of the Dixie Highway collaboration. With I had it; it was amazing. You liked it. I will talk I about that it. right now. That was <laughs> please do. It was oh gosh, it was incredible, and and I bought two of them through you, and I got myself a couple of the 32 ounces before we went to the lake this past weekend, Great. and I I grabbed a couple of 32 ounces to go, and I also said I want to get two cans of that. They were great. It's I wouldn't let Erica anywhere near it. It's a banger. It's oh, a big beer. It's really. It's yeah, yeah. It is, and it it it's smooth. Tastes good. Uh, it's it. You could definitely taste the barrel that it was that it was aged in, but it's not done. It's not overpowering. I didn't yeah. feel like it was. I it was one of those things where I actually drank the second one in the sunlight outside. I think the reason and I'm you're surprised saying, I was doing that with a stout. I think the reason you're saying that saying that is because it's what an imperial what you would have expected from an imperial stout maybe five to ten years ago before yeah. the current trends in uh, high ABV and very very aggressively sweet stouts. This is not an aggressively sweet imperial stout. It uh, finishes uh, semi sweet to almost dry. In terms of in, in stout parlance, and um, brings a lot of elk, a lot of ABV. I think that thing is pushing eleven uh, percent. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. It was an eleven percent beer. I was impressed with it. I really liked it. I thought it would taste good. I think it's one of those things that if you can get your yeah. hands on it, you can get it on all the Dixie Highway Trail breweries. Yeah. So, so they all have it, but you you have them there where you can get them online them. with that way that you have the, and, the contactless delivery. And I should mention that that beer was brewed on site. At uh, Flossmore Station down in Flossmore. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So the Flossmore Station folks, they managed 
they manage the brew day, they manage fermentation, uh, they manage packaging. So they did they did a lot of the legwork on that thing. So we're gonna try. Let you want to do the Winthrop first? Yeah, let's do the Lewis Winthrop. Okay, I think Winthorpe. we talked about the Lewis Winthrop on your show before, but Lewis Winthrop is our New England style IPA. The New England style is defined by this hazy appearance, um, uh, sweeter than a typical or traditional IPA, and then hops that will bring usually citrus-based notes to it. Okay, so that you have all all those elements in this beer. It's also clocking it at seven percent, so it's higher in alcohol. Hannah, please be careful. I know you got your bottle of wine next to you as well. <laughs> Hannah looks like a mess over there. She's no, got a gla- she's got a bottle of wine, a glass of wine, and two taster glasses filled with beer sitting in front oh of her. Well, you know, she's sitting a, next to the lava lamp. She I looks mean, like she's ready to party. Hannah's in a great mood. She's out of the house. She's <laughs> out of the house. She, you obviously got your hair. Your hair looks great. <laughs> Thank you. You're looking fantastic. No, the yeah. one thing and you like, walked in with a bottle of wine. So. Yes. <laughs> Like I'm not, I'm not big on IPAs because I normally find them to be bitter. But you know, you said there's a sweetness to this beer, and I really do like it. It's I like the the crisp, the citrus from it. I really get that, and it's it's not as bitter as a an IPA to me normally is. This the is sweet, really good. The sweetness definitely offsets the bitterness in an IP in a New England style IPA. That that enhanced sweetness definitely offsets the bitterness. But those citrus hops also probably distract from the bitterness as well. And I think we've talked about this before, Chris. The New England style IPA is a really nice gateway. IPA for the beer drinker that is still a little not wor- sure about an not IPA, sure about yeah. the IPA and yeah. the bitterness, right? So exactly what Hannah just said. It's really good, right? Yeah. It's approachable. And Very it's smooth. Easy to drink it really tastes the citrus. Sweetness. That tastes like grapefruit. I don't know what else? I'm uh, grapefruit, in tangerine. Yeah, I, I get tangerine in that. Mm-hmm. And again, there's no uh, fruit or citrus juice in that. That is, those are just flavor profiles that express themselves from the hops that are used oh, in the wow. New England style IPA. Very I always good. love when I always love when people that have breweries like talk about beer because it's like <laughs> they, they give the hops like they're an actual person. Like the hop expressed itself. You know, like the yeah. hop had something to say. Yeah. And this is what the hop had to say and that's what you taste inside of your mouth. We all you like know? to express ourselves. Chris. <laughs> and beer is no no different. You just got to let it talk to you. <laughs> you have enough, it ends up talking to you. It, and it does end up talking to you. Hannah will tell you, I think the I think the beer was talking to her the last time she was down here in the bar. She, I remember, I remember, Was it beer or wine? Yeah, I whatever know. it was. I know that the day afterwards, she was sitting there going, man, I when I don't go out for three months and then I hang out at your oh, bar. Oh, man. I don't that make, was rough. I don't do very well. So. The next day was rough. Yeah, she, <laughs> Thank she, God for work from home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about this other one here because this one here, I think Hannah's going to go gaga over. The peach. Yeah. The, this is <laughs> this out, smells amazing. This is your cream ale, right? Is that uh, what this is? That's right. So speculator. The speculator. Is, that's right. Because I bought, I, and what's speculator. funny is I bought two speculators this weekend and, I'm, and I can't remember. Couldn't remember the name. So the speculator, and then you will sometimes, this is the one that you always end up putting some sort of a, a fruit flavor in or something like that. That's you'll right. try to, you'll seasonal do your fruits. experimentation, your seasonal fruits That's with right. that. Right. So the speculator, which uh, is a cream ale, uh, which is a traditional American ale uh, and our flagship, uh, is our best seller. We sell and brew this beer. Um, it's our it's our best seller. We're brewing this beer almost once a week now. What we like to do in the spring or um, in in se- in seasons where different types of fruits are available, fresh fruits and purees, we'll we'll set some aside and we'll uh, we'll introduce fruit puree to it. So this is the peach. This is the peach speculator. And in the last couple of weeks, we've done peach, we've done blueberry, we've done strawberry, we've done. One other one that is they go quick moment, though, they, don't they? They go really fast. They go very quick. Yeah, they they do, and and I think that's it's a testament to the fact that people enjoy them. But I, my question is, is that you always talk about the puree, and I don't know if everybody gets this, and I don't get it entirely. 
At what point in the brewing process does that go in? Does that post go in at the end, at the beginning? Well, how the does end. that work? It's at the end. It's post-fermentation. Okay. So you, after fermentation is complete and you crack, they call crash the beer, you, reduce, you, you lower the temperature in a, in, a, in, a, in a beer that had just finished fermenting. Uh, you do that so you can settle all the yeast out in suspension and, and brighten that beer up. Brighten meaning clarify it, make it clear. Make sure it's not cloudy like make a sure New England. Cloudy, that's what a New England right? IPA does. You that's don't do that. That's right. You hold right. this beer up, it's bright. It, they call it bright. It's bright and brilliant. And you can see through it and it's transparent and it's gorgeous. And you'll see that that um, it's it's also slightly highly carbonated as well. So you get all that effervescence in it as well. Uh, if you do a pre-fermentation, the yeast will actually scrub some of those, some of the vibrancy of those flavors out. So usually you'll add the purees after fermentation and the yeast has finished its job. So let me ask a stupid question here. If you all of a sudden were short on blueberry and somebody was, and could you grab right now, like one of your unflavored ones and just put the puree in or is there, a, you have to do it right away no, you at can that do it, point? You could do is when it's done, you can, you have time. You have plenty of time, have time to do it. Nice. Oh, okay. For sure. Doesn't so, have to be done at brewing. So right. you're just making speculator because that's your main thing nonstop. And when you get a hold of the puree, you're like, hey, let's take this batch and put it in there. That's exactly but right. But it's not one of those things where it's like you have to have it sitting there next to it. And it's like, okay, today's puree day. We have to get it in there because the beer is doing this today or something. That's correct. Like that. You have okay. a little luxury in terms of time and timing with it. Oh, that. that's nice. All yeah. right. Well, then next time I call up and ask for a blueberry beer, I expect you to throw some puree in something <laughs> for me. <laughs> well, then you'll be expected to buy 55 gallons of it. <laughs> Building relationships, supporting the community, and service. These are the things that Country Financial stands for. They're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through Evergreen Park. They're neighbors who lend a helping hand and support the fabric of your community, including charitable organizations, sports, financial education, and civic organizations. And since Country is already your neighbor, they want to get together and chat. Call your local country financial representative, Mike Thauer, today at 708-425-1559 to talk about the things that are important to you and how he can help you protect them. John Brand from Open Outcry going to keep hanging out with us here at the bar. Remember, Open Outcry over at 10934 Southwestern Avenue. Check them out for online ordering and more, openoutcrybrewing.com. Ben Belton joins me on the line. We're good friends from back in the day, way back when I used to do morning radio in Champaign, Illinois. Ben's out in L.A. He's got his finger on the pulse of everything Hollywood, and he joins us right now. How are you, Ben? I'm good. So you're making me follow the beer guy? Yeah, well, I, you also like beer. Like, he's here's the I, thing. I do. Guy's a big craft beer nut, and, he, and when I go out to California... Right away, he's like, you got to try this. You got to try this. You got to try this. I, the day that we saw each other on the Santa Monica Pier, it was like nonstop. Yeah. You got to try this. You got to. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to make my plane. It's, it, Ben's a big beer guy right now. Ben, why don't I ask you right now? Maybe you can share with John, like right, right now, what, what type of beer? And if there's a certain beer that you like right now, what would it be if, you, if, if I put you on the spot right here? Well, you know, here we're finding, and I'm sure he can relate to this, a lot of stuff is backed up because, you know, a lot of people are releasing stuff that would have been released weeks ago. So it's kind of things are a little atypical, you know, of what would normally come out uh, in craft beer here in California. But what I'm really enjoying right now are some of the some of the summer uh, type things that are coming out, you know, like a lot of the sours are coming out are great. Uh, of course, everything from Russian River is always great. Um, you know, a lot of stuff coming out, a lot of great IPAs coming out, um, you know, around town as well. So Ben, I'm sorry. I can't give you beer through the line, 
but I have you on for the yeah. first time since the pandemic started yeah. because we've had to cover things like have doctors come in and talk about, you know, are you going to get sick from this? And can you wear a mask and talk with all the different <laughs> local businesses and talk with the mayor and talk with everything? And I haven't been able to do anything fun. And now I see Michael Keaton is going to be Batman again. What the heck is going on out there? <laughs> I mean, it's, how does that work? How do you how does Michael Keaton become Batman again? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, there, I'm sure you saw this week that, um, sadly, that Joel Schumacher pa- passed away. Mm-hmm. And so you've seen the news of AMP up. And the reason that is, is because they're bringing in this, this kind of multiverse so that they can introduce different stories into uh, the DC universe. In other words, the, they want essentially the Michael Keaton version to link up with the current version of, you know, the Christian Bale and some of the stuff with it's been a little bit more successful than some of the ones that unfortunately Joel Schumacher put out with, you know, the movies he was involved with that of course were the most, you know, kind of the most, uh, I guess the ones that people didn't like <laughs> really. Uh, that's <laughs> The problem is though, Ben, is that how could you even, how could you even link up the Michael Keaton one with the Christian Bale one? There's two different jokers or two different storylines. It seems like that's absolutely impossible. I, I thought that what they were going to do is just try to link it up with the like he would just be old Batman because Ben Affleck was becoming old Batman in the Justice League stuff. And now he's not doing it anymore. So they're just going to go with like somebody people recognize. You're telling me that they're going to try to link all these things together. That seems insane to me. Yeah, because they have a whole slate of films that are coming out. And in 2000, uh, so it's going to be two, probably two years until you're going to see him and you might see him again. And I'll talk about that in a second. But um, they're trying to do this movie, uh, The Flash, and with Ezra Miller, and basically what they're going to do is they bring, they're bringing in uh, Christina Hodson, who wrote Bumblebee and Birds of Prey, and she's supposedly working on a new draft of it, and it's going to bring in also the guy that directed the It movies, the most recent ones, and that's who is kind of putting this together, and it's kind of kind of traveled back in time. So the idea is, is that this he's going to kind of act as a mentor to the younger, younger version of Ezra Miller, which goes back in time as the flash and sort of like, uh, you know, wants to connect and learn more. And then eventually there's going to be, um, there, the, you know, Batgirl is also in development. Uh, Joss Whedon dropped out of it a little while back, but they're still trying to develop that. And so there's some idea that he will come in to introduce her as well. How does uh, a 68-year-old Michael Keaton play Batman? Is he the, the Viagra Batman? How does this work? <laughs> He's a, he'll, be an older, he'll, he'll, he'll be an older version of, of him, and they, they, they're kind of comparing him a little bit to use the Marvel Universe uh, to Nick Fury. So kind of like, uh, you know. Like a consultant. Well, more so like a mentor and, you know, and some, some of those things. And, and so there, there's a lot of plans in the works, but, you know, there's a lot of films coming out from DC. And of course, with everything getting pushed back, it was supposed to be a big year for Sony for, you know, for their stuff got pushed back to next year. Uh, you know, and then DC, basically everything got shoved forward with theirs. So they've got three films coming out next year. Well, let's talk about that. Everything getting shoved back. Okay. Now I've seen a couple of theaters that are talking about that they want to start opening up and some some people are allowing them to depending on what state that they're in and then you get rumors that this tenant movie which i had heard so much about beforehand and some of these other films that are supposed to be big movies may or may not it's like every day i hear something different what's the buzz in hollywood right now like are we gonna start seeing big movies coming out are they do they expect people to show up at the theaters 
and because they can't hold on to them forever, right? I mean, they can't they can't sit on these movies for two years. I don't think it would make a lot of sense, right? Yeah. So what you're seeing right now is pretty. It's pretty calculated. Um, you know, Mulan is going to be the first film that's going to come out, um, and then and then a week following that will be Tenet. Both of those films had were in a different stage of development than some of the other you know large titles that were were slated to come out. Um, and like, for example, for a long time, Mulan, they were saying was going to come out on Disney plus for the streaming and Tenet, they were doing a lot to promote it because it's Christopher Nolan and it's, it's an odd concept, but there's a little bit of a gamble in releasing it, but by releasing it kind of being the first ones out there, they, they have a lot to gain. So what you're going to see with the theaters moving forward, at least for the foreseeable future they're going to be, you know, opening with fewer films and you're going to have like, if you've got a 14 screen, you know, multiplex, you're going to have probably six, six of the screens will probably be Mulan and the other six will probably be Tenet. And then the other two will be who knows what, maybe an older title like Jurassic Park or uh, Avengers Endgame. They want to continue to get people back into, into the theaters. And I think that's what you're going to see. Plus you're going to see more, you know, safety protocols, of course, people spaced out. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about this online. I think, um, you know, the theaters have always said, people always said, well, you know, movies are dying, movies are dead, or they're everyone's saying, well, it's all going to be streaming now. But, um, you know, movies have fought back in the past, but, you know, with the first pandemic that was, you know, 100 years ago. And then, of course, with TV coming in and people saying, oh, everybody's going to stay home and watch TV. Will people still go to the theater? And I think you're going to start to you're going to see that even now. It's just going to be a little slower getting out of the gate. All right. That's Ben Belton. Benny, I appreciate you jumping on the line with me and talking. And I, I look forward to talking to you more. And one day when I can get on a plane without feeling like uh, it's like the scariest thing in the world to be put in a tube full of people wearing masks and uh, unable to drink a beer because most of the airlines have stopped the, uh, the the liquor service, I will come back out to California and see you. Well, absolutely. And I, I hopefully I'll get a chance to come to Outcry. So, yeah, you know, well, try, you come here, we're taking you to Open Outcry. When you get out okay. here next time, you're going to Open Outcry. I'm taking you. We'll bring you there. We'll get we'll, we'll have John talk beer with you. And you guys can just nerd out for, for like several hours at the bar. Okay? It's a, it's a deal. <laughs> Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Slancha. The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at the eppodcast.com.